this is a little bit of a different uh, podcast, and um, this is also found on the website, which is, the website is www.annm2705.com. The article is called Alcohol, Drugs, Addictions, and Demons. So I don't write or post anything for the art of writing. I write with one purpose or make a podcast with one purpose to inform. After reading, you can decide what you want to do with this information. Recently, someone wisely said, and this is a quote, knowledge is not power. It's what you do after you receive the knowledge that can be powerful. So nothing, I thought that was so insightful about knowledge because we always hear that quote, knowledge is power. And this person said, knowledge is not power. It's what you do with it after you receive. You can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't apply it, it's not going to do anything for you. So most of us are aware that using any drug or consuming alcohol usually starts out casual. And for some, it remains that way. But for others, it escalates into abuse and then to addiction. By the time addiction sets in, people believe they've lost power to change, but they really haven't. The mind is powerful because if we believe we can't, we don't fight it any longer. I have a picture on the website and it shows an elephant that's controlled by a rope. And it's a real good image to keep in mind. Because like at a young age, if an elephant is tied by a chain or a rope, it's unable to break free. And it, you know, if it tries, it can't break free. So then by the time the elephant is full grown, it still responds the same way to that chain that has it tied to a stake. When in reality, if that elephant wanted, they could break it. And that rope or whatever, that could be broken and the elephant could be set free. And that's a, an image of what it means to us. Power comes from our belief and belief is the result of what we feed our mind. If we keep telling ourselves we can't do something, we won't be able to. But if we actually, I mean, take it a little bit further, if we have the power of God with us, we can break anything break any kind of a stronghold, any kind of a captivity that we are under. So we are only limited by the belief in our mind. There are many reasons people turn to drugs or alcohol, but unfortunately what starts out as a helper for something affecting our life turns into not helping any longer. So more is needed. Then this can progress into full destruction of self if we don't break free. A feeling of helplessness and hopelessness can occur, and anxiety, depression, and even suicide can enter our mind. This is where the brakes need to be applied before the full accident and destruction occurs because this can be reversed. A good life can return. I believe there is more to this and a significant reason why this downfall happens to people. I only learned about it after reading the Bible. What affects us can be spiritual. Of course, we can't blame everything on a spiritual force and need to be 
accountable for taking that first step in the wrong direction. Often that's out of ignorance, though. People are destroyed from lack of knowledge, as the prophet Hosea said in scripture. If we don't know about the spiritual realm and influence, we can be destroyed from this lack of knowledge. Scripture says, for our struggle struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul wrote that, and you can find it in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. I won't get too much more into this topic because I've covered it in depth on several articles and podcasts. Um, I have a link on the website, and if you're at the podcast, you can look for these also, but they're linked through the website. Um, if there's a spiritual warfare article about how that affects people, also on podcast. There's a suicide, the biblical response um, as an article and also a podcast, and then another one about spiritual warfare, how to defeat it, and also a podcast. So you can find all those links on the website, which is again, ANNM2705.com. This demonic stronghold on us will take over our life if we let it, but we can break it. The Bible tells the story of Jesus encountering a man with many demons. The man became isolated from people due to his condition, but Jesus broke the stronghold and the man was fully restored. Strongholds can be broken in the name of Jesus today too. This encounter with Jesus was told by three different people in the Bible. So I'll read Matthew, who was one of Jesus's original disciples, um, and he wrote, so Matthew's telling this story about it. When he arrived at the other side in the region of Gadarnus, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that they were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. He said to them, go. So they came out and went into the pigs and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off, went into the town and reported all of this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed man. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. So this was pretty significant. It made an impact. So we learned from the story that people, there were many witnesses to this. This wasn't just a a small thing that no one realized. They went out and they told the whole town and they just wanted them to leave. They, I guess this was too much. They hadn't seen anything like this and it scared them. So that was what Matthew told in his story. Now um, we have, this is something else that's interesting is that um, God, well, back in Deuteronomy in the Bible, it says that the establishment are two to three witnesses to establish truth. And so here we do have three witnesses. We have Matthew, who was one of the disciples. 
Then we have Mark, who also told of the same thing. He was a friend of Peter, who is one of Jesus's original 12 disciples. And then we also have an account written by Luke, who was a medical doctor, and he documented, interviewed people, and, and went to prove this to someone named, I think it was like Theodophus or something. I can't remember the name, and I probably pronounced it wrong. But he went out and um, basically he was trying to gather information to find out, is this true or not? So he interviewed many people to put his his account of what happened. So next I will read Mark's account because each account is gives you a little bit more information, different information, or different perspective at least, but it's all the same story. So here's what Mark said. They went across the lake to the region of Gerasenas. I don't know if I'm pronouncing, I'm probably not pronouncing it right, but G-E-R-A-S-E-N-E-S. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even a chain, for he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits went out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in, t- in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. So this one gives a little bit more details, a lot longer than what Matthew wrote. And it gives us some information about um, the interchange, the exchange between Jesus and this demon-possessed man. So it's pretty interesting. You know, there were thousands of 2,000 pigs that um, 
so demons came out and entered into that herd. Like this man had been so overcome by demons, but Jesus, you know, said, come out of this man, you impure spirit. And everything, this is another point to know is that everything submits to Jesus. Jesus has authority over everything. So today, if we are influenced by something, it doesn't even have to be demonically possessed, but influenced by something in the name of Jesus, that can go away. Um, the condition of us does matter. And, um, and that's what I have other articles about that, but I'll keep, I'll stay on topic with this subject about the demon possessed man. Next, we will go to Luke to find out his account of this story. So Luke says, they sailed to the region of Gerasenus, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken the chains and had had been driven by demon by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man whom the, de- whom the demons had gone out sitting at Jesus's feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid." Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenus asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got in the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. So there's several things in here that really stand out to me as I read this. Uh, First of all, the demon that's in the man acknowledges that Jesus is the son. It says, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? So the demon acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God. We also see that uh, Jesus had, you know, that no one really had the power that Jesus had or the authority. So um, people were trying to chain him up and keep him away from everything. And that didn't work because he could break through that. 
Um, the people didn't have the power. This was Jesus. And Jesus often said it's only through the power of God, through the Father, that these things were happening. And so, um, but Jesus has the authority. So you also notice that Jesus told, gave them permission to go into the pigs. So he let them do that. And then they all died. Um, and so those are just a few things. And then we see a reference to the abyss. The abyss is the place where people who are against God go. Um, there are demons that are chained there until the return of Jesus or shortly around there. We find that from other books of the Bible. And um, and this just caused fear, obviously. I mean, if if we all saw that, it would probably cause a little bit of fear watching all of this happen. I mean, this is not something normal that you would see. But the point is that Jesus restored this man. And, and it said, okay, the other thing that I noticed too was that um, the demon isolated him. So it said that um, many times it had seemed, seized him. And though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. So often when people are driven into solitude, if it's not really by your own choice, well, I guess it always is your own choice. But if you're just, if that's just not your personality, but all of a sudden, because of things that are happening around you, you're just driven into solitude, it could very well be demonic influence because we are made to be around other people. And when we are feel like we're being um, pulled into a solitude, that could be something demonic. And the cure for that is to to pray, to pray to Jesus, to pray to God that that would go away. And uh, all the power is through Jesus. And to ask God in Jesus' name for things like this, but preparing ourselves to be willfully, willfully surrendered to God's will. Like we have to allow, not allow, that's a bad choice of words, but we have to um, be willing to let God take over our life, to let God start to change us so that we are no longer held by these strongholds. And God will do it. God wants that for us. So anyway, I'm talking a little bit too much about this, but um, just wanted to read those actual scripture verses that were found in um, three of them, the three witnesses that told the story about this demonic stronghold. So once the stronghold is broken, it's extremely important for us to remain in Christ, meaning surrendering our will to God's will so that we remain protected. So uh, I have an article on surrendering and also in a podcast format, but uh, so that's like how you stay in Christ. That's where you would, you would link to find that. And, and I can read that too, but um, what I wanted to mentioned was this one verse that was the first time that I ever read it. It's, it startled me because this is one of those things. Like if you understand that we are in a spiritual world and we are influenced by the spiritual realm. So listen to this. And this is Jesus said this, okay. It's in Matthew uh, chapter 12 verses 43 through 45. So Jesus was telling the people this, 
When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in there and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. So we, we see here that what Jesus told was exactly what happened in the story of that demon-possessed man. When the spirits came out, they needed another host. So they went into these pigs, 2,000 pigs on a hillside, and but they, they went to their death, you know, and that's what, you know, impure spirits will take whatever the host is to their death. I mean, that's the whole point that Satan, you know, is here to seek and destroy. And that's exactly what any of those impure spirits are there for as well. They're trying to destroy as much of mankind as they can. So here's the other detail of it. So it says like when when the spirit arrives, okay, so the spirit goes out, can't find anything else. And so then it says, I'm going to go back to that person, the house. So it goes back to the person. When it arrives, it finds, it finds the house unoccupied. That's a key word, unoccupied. In a symbolic way, this house is the person and the house is unoccupied. It's vacant. That means there's no spirit of God there. The person hasn't, doesn't have the spirit of Christ, doesn't have the Holy Spirit dwelling within. So we are unprotected. Like someone could be delivered from some impure spirit, but then if they are not in Christ, then that means they're unoccupied. They're just open. They might be clean. They might be staying on a good path. But if they don't have the Holy Spirit, that there's no protection. And this is the, the scary part about this is that that spirit goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. So it's not only the one impure spirit, but now there's seven. And think about the story that was in the Bible. There were thousands of spirits in that man. He was delivered from it. He was cured from it. And Jesus did it. So that means that anybody, no matter what their condition, can be cured from it. And it's through Jesus. But you have to stay. If you don't want to have that happen again, you have to have protection. You can't, you can't let your guard down. And that's what um, I think happens to some people when they try to battle an addiction on their own. They try to do it with their own power. They're not looking at this as an evil spiritual force from the spiritual realms because most of the time people don't even know that exists. And because people don't know that exists, they certainly don't think it could be affecting them. So the spiritual realm is completely ignored. A person tries to do it all these ways without God and they do good for a while, then they relapse. Then they do good for a while, then they relapse. But over time, 
if you pay attention to people's stories and what they tell you about them overcoming addictions, but then going back into it, oftentimes, do you find out that somebody actually dies from that addiction? Because they didn't completely overcome it. And they didn't overcome it because they were relying on their own strength and not the strength of God, the strength and the authority of Jesus. And that's what I'm trying to let people know that this is this is real. There is power in Jesus. And anyone can change be, after going to God for this. So I'm going to go back to what I was um what I had written. So Luke, who was a doctor, he documented it and we read that. Um, So it doesn't take much effort today to find stories of people who are struggling with these battles. Matthew Perry was one of those who fought this battle. Um, The actor from the hit series, um, that romantic comedy uh, Friends that everybody knows about. I'm sure Matthew Perry is a name that everybody recognizes, but he recently passed away and he went through a struggle. So on the website, I have a link to a video that kind of talks about his struggle and his interaction with God, calling out to God to help him. So you might find that interesting, but um, that's found on the website. So there is a video that's embedded on this um, article. Then there's another example. When I heard about the October 7th, 2023 massacre in Israel, There was no other way to comprehend what happened other than demonic influence. I just can't imagine people doing those things to another human being. I mean, there were decapitations. There were, and I know those things still happen not only in this event, but in other places in the world and have throughout history. But like the things that... They, that were told, um, with, I mean, just there was rape, there was a pregnant woman's stomach that was cut open and the baby inside was stabbed. There was a baby that was found inside an oven and the oven had been turned on and the baby basically burned alive what they, took, they figured out from the coroner's office. There were um, women, countless women raped it's just all of those things, those are just atrocities that cannot, it can't seem like this mass of people, how, you know, the, all the numbers of people that did this, like you could, you could say like one crazy person could go out and do something terrible and they could be under that demonic influence or whatever, but to have the number of people who charged out and went into the kibbutz of Israel and to the music festival and did all of these things. It's just unbelievable that people could do that to another human being. Like they wouldn't have second thoughts. And there were there were confessions of some of the people that were captured that were just matter-of-factly stating what they did. And I just can't reconcile that in my head. And the only thing I can, the only thing I can come up with is it has to be demonically influenced because I do not see people like that. But did you also hear what was discovered? The terrorists were under the influence of a drug. 
So there's a video also about that. It's just a quick three-minute video, but it's about what the what was found, that they discovered that there was a drug that was given to these people before they did that. So drugs appear to be an open gate or an invitation to the demonic realm where they can then influence us. And many of us are completely unaware of this, sadly. There's another article about this, and it's unrelated. This article is from back in 2016, but it talks about, this is even scary too, like sleeping pills and some claims that people that were on sleeping pills actually committed murder and stuff like that. So there's an article linked in that. Um, it's just, it's creepy when you think about, you know, this is something that somebody could get a prescription for and then some weirdness happens. So the Bible does tell us be alert and of sober mind uh, because the devil is prowling for his next victim. So that is in scripture. And we do have to remember that. Um, again, we're not in just this physical world. There's an unseen world that is affecting us. And I didn't know it either until I read the Bible. And then it all makes sense too. So what to remember, despite all of this horrible stuff, God loves us and wants us with him in eternity. Satan and his evil spiritual forces come only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus came that we may have life and have it to the full. Jesus is the one who said this, and it's doc documented in John chapter 10, verse 10. So Paul tells us that it all starts in our mind, redirecting our mind, just like that elephant example in the beginning. Belief causes something very significant in the physical reality of our life. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's found in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Jesus told this about the will of God. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. That's a quote from Jesus as written in John chapter 6, verse 40. So if there are intrusive negative thoughts, we need to be reminded of God's love for us. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table by Louis Giglio is a good book to read. I have a link to Amazon for that, but you can search it, find, you know, wherever, but it's called Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table by Louis Giglio. And he provides a lot of um, affirmations of what scripture says about God's love towards us and about these intrusive thoughts that do come from the evil spiritual realm. So God is waiting for each of us to turn to him. He loves us more than anyone because he created us with a purpose in mind. Each of us has a purpose, has a reason why we are here. When we seek God, we will realize our purpose. The prophet Jeremiah said this, or he 
documented this because it says, declares the Lord. So, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So that was written by God. Um, Well, it was said by God, written by Jeremiah the prophet in Jeremiah 29, 11. And then to close everything, I certainly don't have this here, but there's a really good song just about um, being the chains broken of anything that could be the um, addictions um, or demons or whatever. Um, There's a song called Chain Breaker by Zach Williams, and I have a link to it on the website. So if you want to listen to that song or search it, it's a real good song about getting Jesus in your life and him breaking those strongholds. So I hope that was beneficial to you or to someone else. Uh, Please share if you find it beneficial. Thank you.